Welcome to the 80s, 90s Uncensored, the podcast about the 80s and 90s for people who care about that kind of crap. I am Milo Dennison. And I'm Jamie Fenderson. And I have no idea what this podcast is because we're spinning the wheels. That's all we need to say, I think. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but don't, are we supposed to introduce it like when we do the episode? Well, we, yeah, but then we, because the wheel spin has to come first before the episode. Yeah, but we, but we just introduced an episode that we have no idea what we're what we're doing. So we record the intro next time and then put it before the wheel spin. I don't know, man. You, I don't. You're the director, man. You, you just tell me what to do. I'm your I'm your I'm your dancing monkey. Remember? <laughs> just just say we're doing the wheel spin. All right, we're doing the wheel spin with the know. random wheel spin. It's I love this though because <laughs> we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. And, and, and so we're missing some years. We got a lot of nineties years. So hopefully we'll get a nineties year. Are you ready? Yep. Here we, here we go. Here's the year. Oh, here it comes. 1980. <laughs> More eighties. Okay. Loves the eighties, dude. It does. <laughs> okay. But we're getting close to the nineties. We're getting close for a year. Almost. We were a year off. Okay. 1989 was a good year too, though. Okay. Now we're going to, we're going to pick the topic. Are you ready, Milo? Ready. Okay. Movies again. Okay, movies. And then click the wheel to spin it. We're going to pick our segment, which is list of four. List of four, okay. We haven't done a list of four in a while, though. Nah, that's good. Because if it was going to be another retrospective, I'd have spun it again, be like, oops, I accidentally pushed it again. <laughs> Cool. So we're going to reveal, um, we're going to come up with a list of four movies from 1989 um, and reveal them do you in the future. want to do like a specific subject like comedies or action or, you know, well, we'll, we'll figure that out and then, and then we'll let people know in the future what we decided. All right. We'll see you in the future. <laughs> Yeah, so we're in the future again, but this time only two days, only two days in the future instead of two two weeks or something. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah, we did just do the uh, wheel spin like a couple nights ago, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. And, and you know what I was thinking? Because mm. we've been doing a lot of movies, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the wheel has has uh, blessed us with with movies a lot, and I think the the podcast wheel gods are trying to be nice to you because our first wheel spin was 1988 fashion and. and and you were like visibly like suffering. <laughs> <laughs> so now you get to do movies because you love movies because the, the podcast gods are rewarding you for suffering through that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, the wheel gave us 1989 list of four. And so we went with four lesser known movies from 1989 that you should watch. Does that sound yeah. Right? Yeah, so like the 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 ones you might not know, the the underdogs, the ones that flew under the radar, the underappreciated. Cuz 1989 had a lot of big hits. Um we could talk about. But we decided to go with the with the with the little guy, with the lesser known um movies that you might not even know about. Let's get started, man. What's your first one? So I I picked a number of maybe obscure and and kind of under the radar action uh movies. Mhm. And my first one is called Arena. 
Yes, I know that film. I've seen it. <laughs> do you like it? I do like it. It's cool, though, because it's it's kind of cheesy. It's late 80s, early 90s, cheesy sci-fi. I don't know. It kind of reminds me of, of like a like the fifth element might have been influenced by this movie. <laughs> the fifth element without a budget. Yeah, without a budget. So, yeah, imagine the fifth element uh, with no money, like a broke ass fifth element. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's about this guy on a, a like a space station, uh, and he's a human. He's just a cook, and you know he's trying to save money with his buddy, uh, so they can get out of town or off this station and go somewhere nicer. But he ends up getting into a fight with this alien, and he and he beats him up. But that's a big deal because humans are weaker than all the other aliens, and and humans. And he he beat up. He happened to beat up like a, a prize fighter. And so there's this chick there. She's like this manager and, and she gets him in the arena and he doesn't want to do it. But then his buddy ends up getting like held for ransom. So he's got to go fight in this arena with all these weird aliens. And it's just a fun movie. Uh, if you like kind of that cheesy, um, you know, sci-fi movie from the late eighties, early nineties, this, this is, this is, this is a good one. This is an interesting one too, because there are a number the cast so they're on a space station and one of the actresses, Claudia Christian went on to play a main role in Babylon five, mm. which is a space station. And then Mark Alimo and Armin Shimmerman were in this movie. Mark Alimo played this kind of bad guy mob boss, which is it, kind of similar to his role in gold as gold to in star Trek, D space nine. And Armin Shimmerman is like this little rat man who is very similar to Quark on Deep Space Nine. And they're on a space station playing similar roles. And then later they would go on to play on a, uh, those roles on, on Deep Space Nine. So I thought that was really interesting. They're like, hey, you worked for this. We've got this really boring TV series we're going to make. Do you want to play? No, it's awesome TV series. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, uh, if, if people like just like don't take it too seriously, and just want to have a good time with like a lot of weird, fun aliens, like a lot of practical effects and kind of cheese. Um, but but I, I thought it was good. And I, I think if people just want a nice popcorn flick on a Friday night, um, this is a good pick. 1989 was a good year for cheesy B movies. A <laughs> lot of really good B movies came out in 89. Yeah, it was. And, and, and sometimes B movies are just fun. I love good B movies, you know. Uh, and I think this is a good kind of B movie. I think it's a lot of fun. My first one isn't necessarily lesser known, but it's not really viewed well. And I think people need to take another look at it. And it's Harlem Nights. Oh, so yeah. it was written and directed by Eddie Murphy, also stars Eddie Murphy. Richard Pryor has Red Fox in it. And basically Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy are... Um, they own a nightclub It takes place in the 1930s and it's kind of a gangster flick. And this is one of those films that is actually, it's not too comedic. I mean, Eddie Murphy plays a bit more of a serious type of a role in this. And I think that's why people didn't really like it because they, um, they want to see him, those, these guys doing, you know, slapstick and comedy. And it has all these comedic actors doing more serious type of a character. And, and that's kind of why I think, people don't talk about it anymore or they don't really talk about it in regards to in regards to quality Eddie Murphy films. It was actually nominated for two Razzie awards uh, for worst screenplay and worst director. 
So uh, it kind of gives you an idea of how people view this film. But I actually really like it. I, whenever I've, I've watched it, I've seen it twice. And both times I was like, yeah, this, this holds up for me. I, I think, you know, it's Richard Pryor. How can you see any movie that has Richard Pryor in it and not like it? Yeah, it's pretty stylish too. Mm-hmm. I, I think maybe you're right. Maybe people um, were expecting goofball comedy and then they got some kind of like cool gangster movie, and but they just weren't expecting that because of who the actors were. Yeah. Uh, and maybe they just got butthurt about that and they and they nominated it for Razzies, but maybe it doesn't deserve Razzies um, just because you have expectations that it's going to be a comedy. Just because comedic actors are in it and, you know, and there's funny bits and stuff, but it's not, mm-hmm. you know, Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor type comedy is the thing. I don't think it deserves Razzies. I agree with you, man, that <laughs> Razzies, that's a whole nother level of bad. Um, so that that's not deserving at all. My next film is a movie. Have you heard of this one? It's called, it's called blind fury starring. Yes, I have. R- seen, R- I've seen Hauer. I like how you're picking, uh, you know, B movies that I've seen. Although I, yeah, that's great. Blind I'm glad Fury's that you a did. B movie, but it, yeah, it's a good film. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of a B movie. Rutger Hauer started pretty much after Blade Runner started doing kind of a uh, lower budget action movies. I kind of like his movies, like his lower budget action movies. This one's about a, like a blind samurai martial artist guy. Um, I guess he, he lost his sight in Vietnam and, and then a village like took him in and they trained him how to be a sword fighter. <laughs> That's pretty cool, right? So he goes back and he's blind. Everybody thinks he's just kind of harmless because he's blind, but he, he's actually a badass because he could like, he can do total sword play. He's helping this kid try to dodge i guess he's involved in some kind of crime syndicate stuff and they're trying to kidnap him so he's got to use his sword play to kick ass and then there's this big fight at the end with this other sword guy and it's just kind of fun dude because i don't i don't know what especially when you're a kid in 1989 you're like oh cool blind sword fighter that's badass so I, I like that movie, and I think people, if, if you haven't heard of it, you haven't seen it, maybe maybe give it a shot. That's another, again, kind of low-budget action movie. You could just get some popcorn, have some fun with it. Yeah, and it's pretty, some of the fight sequences, you're like, there's no way that a blind guy could actually fight this one. <laughs> yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> no, maybe one can, maybe one can. I don't want to disparage upon the blind. <laughs> No, but I, I mean, I don't even know if you could do half that stuff if you're, if you're, you can see, let alone if you're blind. But hey, man, he was trained in some village <laughs> in Southeast Asia, though. So it's mystical. It's mystical shit, man. In a <laughs> yeah. And in a reasonably short period of time as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's the cool thing about martial arts movies. Like, I don't know. You look at the karate kid. Uh-huh. Yeah. It only takes a short time and you're totally badass. And yeah. You did a couple months. Eh? We're going to have a, a, a tournament in a couple months and you don't know karate, but I'll teach you a couple months. You'll be a man. You'll be a black belt. Yeah. <laughs> That's how this guy is. Spend a little time in a village. The next thing you know, he's like a master, like sword fighter. Uh, other others, you know, have to spend years and years and years honing and crafting their skill, but he just, he, it's a mystical thing. Cause he was in a village. Of course. And he's blind. Yeah. You always learn better in a village in Southeast. <laughs> yeah. And you're blind too. So if you're in a, like a mystical village and you're blind, you're going to learn shit quick because oh. Hollywood. Uh, my next choice is casualties of war. Have you seen that one? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's heavy. 
It's a serious film and it's directed by Brian De Palma and starring Michael J. Fox and Sean Penn. And the reason why I put this on the list is because it often, often gets when you list great uh, Vietnam films, you hear Full Metal Jacket, Platoon, Apocalypse Now, you know, those kind of films. And this one is never on the list. Mm. And it really should be because it's really a brilliant film. I mean, first of all, you got Michael J. Fox playing a serious character versus kind of this was when he was real young, did the kind of, you know, comedies, the TV. He was, you know, from Family Ties and stuff like that. Sean Penn is brilliant performance as the the sergeant of the platoon who basically what he does is he gets his platoon to kidnap a Vietnamese girl and they take her and they rape her and kill her, except for Michael J. Fox, who basically is fighting against the platoon. But it's this kind of moral piece of, you know, he's he wants to be part of the team, but he also has these morals because he's hasn't been in Vietnam as long as the other guys. So he hasn't been, you know, spurned by it in the way that they have by watching, you know, friends die and, and all the killing and that kind of stuff. So it's it you get this story of of you what would you do in that scenario would you stand up to the guys or would you go along with it of course we all think of course i'd stand up to it but maybe after a few years in in a terrible war like vietnam maybe you would go along with it because after a certain point you, it must be hard to look at other people as as even human in ways right mm -hmm. yeah um so it's just it's just brilliantly acted it didn't make any money it had at 18 million budget or 22 million budget, and it, it made 18 million at the box office. This is John C. Riley's first film. And according to the trivia, John C. Riley was basically just supposed to be an extra, but then got replaced one of the other people on, on camera. Has John Leguizamo in it, and uh, Ving mm -hmm. Ramitz plays a small part in it as well. But yeah, it just it's a good moral film that gets you kind of wondering, great performances, and uh, it just gets overshadowed by other Vietnam films that I don't think it should. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's underappreciated. Um, like, like you said, like when you have a list of Vietnam War films, this is often not on it. And, and you're right. I think it should be. It's heavy. It's a heavy film. And it's not like action-y or anything. It's really a dram dramatic piece and it's really heavy. But yeah, I agree with you, dude. That's a good movie. I, my only complaint about it is uh, if you remember from... I don't remember the last time you saw it, but like it opens with Michael J. Fox on a bus years later. So yeah. he basically, um, you know, so you know that he's going to live throughout the whole thing. And then, <laughs> and then, you know, and then it's all done through flashbacks. So oh. that annoys me whenever that's done a film in general, but in this even more so, I think it would have worked if it just started with him arriving in Vietnam and ending with the results of the trial at the very end. Uh, so, so, I it could use a re-edit and cut that other crap out that's not needed. And I also found out in researching this, this is based on a true story. So this, oh. re this really happened. Uh, the, the, there were some guys that kidnapped a girl, raped her and killed her. And one of the guys in the platoon actually spoke up and was like, uh, you know, no, this is wrong and, and reported it. War is heavy, man. Bad people doing bad things. Yeah. So my next movie is um, a movie called the Punisher. Have you ever seen the 1989 Punisher? I have indeed. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you saw it, dude. Of course I have. Of course I have. Yeah. Yeah. This is um, a lot of people maybe don't know about it. Um, and and actually, it didn't have a theatrical release in the U.S. Everywhere else in the world, it did. 
Oh, I didn't know. But they didn't release it in the theaters in the U.S. because of some budget. They ran out of money or something. And so in the U.S., it was a direct to VHS kind of deal. (laughs) So there's that. But here's the thing. It stars Dolph Lundgren, right? Lundgren. Um, And I think he's kind of a cool Punisher. And a lot of people are like, well, he's not wearing the skull shirt. Well, okay, get over that. Um, You know, so Frank Castle, you know, his family dies because, you know, they're killed by mafia dudes. And so he's just going around wrecking them all. And Louis Gossett Jr. is his ex-partner. He's trying to track him down. But the Punisher lives in the sewers like a Ninja Turtle, right? So he's hard to get. And then the Japanese mob, because back in the 80s, the Japanese, everything Japanese was cool. So the, the Yakuza is coming in trying to take over. So he's fighting with them. Um, and it's just fun. It, it gets a lot of, it's, it gets a lot of, you know, grief. Uh, but I think. Because it does not too true to the comic, I, I think is part of the grief that they get. Yeah, right? but I, I think it's fairly true. And, and here's the thing. The, the, it looks realistic. I think that's what a lot of people didn't like. They're like, well, it's not comic-y book enough because it actually looks like he's a guy and he's going to do his thing. And the the whole surrounding the whole, everything just looks kind of realistic, which is what I like about it. Like this is a guy who could exist in the real world. Right. So I I think maybe a lot of people don't know about it because it, it, it didn't have a theatrical release and it didn't, it didn't come out until later in the U S on VHS. But I remember when I was a kid, I, I watched it on cable or something. I'm like, I like this. It's pretty good. And I've always been kind of a Dolph Lundgren fan. I know he's not like the best actor in the universe, but I, I just think he's got a, he's a, just a big European guy who kicks ass. Um, so yeah, I, I think, I think it gets a lot of flack, but I think if people watch it again and maybe give it a shot and, and, and open their minds and keep their minds open about it. I think they, I think they might like it. And in fact, this was one of the first Marvel. This was one of the first movies based on comic characters, right? They didn't really have a lot of that going on back then. Now it's just pervasive, but back then they didn't have a whole lot of that going on. Uh, so this was one of the first, um, I think, as far as I know, this is the first Punisher movie. They've made multiple movies afterward. But this is the OG Punisher, Mandolf Lundgren, the Punisher. And he's got this like drunk actor guy he, 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 he kind of partners up with. And this drunk actor guy is like going around finding information for him and stuff. It's fun. Give it a try again, man. Give it a try, people. I think you might like it. Just open your mind. Open your mind to the Punisher. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. Just a low budget, you know, low budget m- movie, but it's... Uh, Again, I, I have a thing for low budget action movies. Yeah, me too. From the eighties and nineties, I think I think they, they they were they were just a lot of fun. My next choice might be a bit controversial on this list because it's pretty well known film. Tango and Cash. Oh yeah, Tango and Cash. So Tango and Cash is a great film, but on Rotten Tomatoes, it's it's got the tomato meter score of thirty percent, the audience score fifty two percent, and it's often panned. Uh, basically, Siskel and Ebert, you know, trashed it, basically saying it was a um, typical, you know, buddy cop movie, but without the humor, without the, you know, just uh, unnecessary violence and stuff. But that's what makes this a good, good film. It has Jack Palance playing the bad guy in this like overly dramatic evilness, which is just fantastic. And Tango and Cash, which is played by uh, 
Sylvester Stallone and, and uh, Kurt Russell, two cops. They don't like each other yet. They're total like, you know, tough guys. They push people around. They shoot first, they punch first and then ask. Yeah. They're rivals, later. right? Yeah. They're in rivals. They're trying to be both trying to be the top cop, right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they get, uh, they get, um, framed for a crime. They end up having, they end up going to prison. They end up having to break out of prison. And of course, all this happens in like the super short period of time, you know, to allow the movie to progress. They, um, they then go and they get this cool ass truck where they attack Jack Palance's warehouse and get in, in a battle with other trucks that also happen to have like guns attached to the side of them. Like, cause that's realistic. <laughs> yeah. Just this that's badass. Explosions <laughs> and completely unnecessary. The, 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 the building where Jack Palance is um, hideout is conveniently has like um, a self-destruction bomb planted in it. And it's just like, why is this, why would this even be here? Kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's just completely unbelievable. It's got cheesy one-liners. Like at one point, Sylvester Stallone, uh, one of the other cops is like to Stallone. He's like, who do you think you are Rambo? And then Stallone's character is like, ah, Rambo's a pussy, you know? Rambo is a pussy. Yeah, but he played Rambo. (laughs) He played Rambo. It's just, you know, cheesy one-liners, over-the-top action sequences that are completely unbelievable, plot completely unbelievable, performances that are completely unbelievable. But it's a great film. It's a great buddy cop film that people don't give its respect to because they view it against you know, lethal weapon or any of those other kind of films. And they're like, Oh, this is stupid. And that's probably why I never got a re- uh, sequel. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually really like that movie. Rot- Rotten tomatoes. I don't know, man, whatever. It, it's just a lot of fun. And and it is, it, it's its own thing. It's its own buddy cop kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And I don't think it's trying to take itself seriously. Right. With the guns on the side of the truck and all that craziness. It's, it, it, it's over the top and it just, it wants to be, I think people don't get that. It's got, it stars Terry Hatcher, a young Terry Hatcher. Oh yeah. 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 She was, yeah, dude. And she was like some dancer stripper kind of, Oh man, she's so hot. And uh, Robert Zadar, who's like Mr. B, B action movie himself, Robert Zadar. Yep. Michael Pollard is in it. He plays this kind of Q type character that, you know, hooks him up with the truck. With oh the- Yeah. Yeah, that's just a fun movie. It, I agree with you, man. It gets way too much grief. People just don't know what's up. Yeah, and that's why I put it on this list because people should watch it. It's I agree with you. Yeah, it's underappreciated. My last one here, <laughs> I'm, I'm going cheese today, man. Mm. Have you ever heard of this movie, Warlock? Mm, I think I've heard of it, but I don't think I've seen it. So... um like in Boston in like 1691, a, a warlock is kind of like a man witch, right? Oh, is that like uh, the with the ground meat and the sauce, the man witch? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, give me some man witch. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but this man witch, he's a warlock and, and he's sentenced to death, but he like uses magic to go into the future. And so this witch hunter guy also follows him into the future present day 1989 and lands in a woman's house and then he ends up like partnering with her to go find this warlock who's going around kind of causing trouble and doing bad things and it's just just it's dumb and it's fun 
he even they end up they even end up in Amish country at one point, and the Amish guy's like, he totally gets the whole witch hunting thing because he's Amish, right? So the guy from like the 17th century is like, oh, are you you're Amish? Yes, I know exactly what's going on here. You're hunting a witch. Yes, help us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it's just really dumb. It's so stupid, but um, it's just fun, man. Um, again, I think a lot of these movies are just that I'm mentioning are, are fun. This is another low budget kind of fantasy, kind of slightly horror action kind of thing. And uh, I, I think people might not know about it um, because I think it's gone into obscurity and and like people don't know about it, but I, I think people should uh, uh, take a look, see if they can find Warlock from 1989. Again, another goofy popcorn Friday night flick, um, like my other ones. I don't. I, I'll have to maybe see if I can find it. Some of these movies are hard to find that I'm mentioning because they're just so obscure now. Like they're long forgotten in the history of, of movies like never be to be seen again. So some of these might be hard to get, but if people can, I think it's worth it to go try to find these movies and revisit them. Yeah, totally. I'll check that one out. If I can find it, it would be nice. Did I finally get one that you haven't seen. That's one I have not seen. So I'll nice. Well, that I, I would recommend watching that maybe this Friday night with your, with your lady, like just get some popcorn and watch warlock. Okay. Oh no, no, make some manwiches. Yeah, that's it. We'll have some manwiches. Yeah, make some manwiches and watch Warlock. <laughs> uh well, speaking of cheesy B movie sci-fi, have you seen Eric the Viking? Eric the Viking, no. Yeah. It stars Tim Robbins as Eric the Viking. So it's written and directed by Terry Jones of Monty Python fame. And in a lot of ways, it's basically a Monty Python film. Uh, John Cleese plays a role in it. Uh, Terry Jones also is in it. Um, and uh, it's got Mickey Rooney in it as well. Eartha Kitt makes a cameo in it. Um, it's the debut of Samantha Bond, who later plays Money Penny in the Pierce Bronson era um, James Bond movies, which is kind of cool. So nice. it's uh, Eric, played by... Tim Robbins is a Viking and he, he basically kind of gets tired of the, the pillaging and tacking and that kind of stuff. And he gets put on this quest to go find this um, horn that it, basically it's a magic horn. Right. And him and his crew, they go out in the ocean, they get attacked by this like cheesy B movie sea monster thing that you don't really see. Cause it's all super low budget. And it's, and it, and it, it's basically it's a Monty Python film in a lot of ways. And that's, yeah, I mean, if you love Monty Python, you're going to love this. But this is the one I grabbed the um, Roger Ebert quote on. Uh, he hated it. And he gave, he basically said, uh, it's an utterly worthless exercise in waste and wretched excess. It's uninformed by the slightest spark of humor, wit, or coherence. The whole point of the movie is to spend millions of dollars on special effects so that British actors can make clever small talk. <laughs> that was Roger Ebert's review. <laughs> That's brutal, dude. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, why tell us how you really feel, bro? <laughs> but it's not an awful movie. It's it's fun. It's Monty Python-ish. It's, uh, uh, it's Tim Robbins playing a comedic character and uh, totally, totally worth watching. Yeah, I haven't seen that one, so I think maybe I'll, I'll I'm going to check that one out for sure. 
Maybe this make make that my weekend movie. So you can watch Warlock, and I I can watch Eric the Viking. Exactly. Nice. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Uh, 80s and 90s uncensored listeners. We have come to an end of another show. If you have not seen the movies that we've mentioned, check them out if you can find them, because like Jamie said, they're hard to find. And we are out here like these sad, lesser known movies that no one loves but us. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we love them. 